Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. You know, the, if someone is speaking, the closer you get to them, the better you can hear them. Yeah. And uh, I certainly want the Lord to speak. And so I hope tonight that spiritually you can hear. And if you can't, I pray that he'd open up your, your heart, that you might hear him. Turn with us tonight to the book of Second uh, Corinthians, chapter number 5. We're going to read two verses tonight and then... I want you to uh, find Romans chapter number 8 as well. Uh, We're going to take a very uh, crucial part of the text tonight from the book of Romans chapter number 8. And um, as far as I'm concerned, we're wading into deep waters tonight. And uh, it, it often, I'm often confounded by the greatness of God and, uh, with a finite mind to preach about an infinite God is a struggle. And so I desire your prayers tonight. Appreciate appreciate this the flock of God. Uh, we'll begin tonight in Second Corinthians chapter number five. We're going to read verse number seventeen and eighteen, and then we're going to turn to Romans chapter number eight. So hold your spot there. Second Corinthians chapter number five, therefore. Any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God. I want to stop right there. I know I didn't read the whole verse, but that's where I want to stop. Turn with us now to Romans chapter 8. We will begin at verse number 28. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or, or peril or sword As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. 
For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Father, thank you for your word. We confess our inability, Father, to, to grasp the depth of it. And yet we pray. We're asking that you would speak and speak in a way, God, that in every heart it might find its mark. That in all of us it might draw us into a closer walk with you, but also a clearer understanding of your greatness and your power. We pray that you'd open our minds, God, to, Lord, to a depth or degree of understanding that we've never been before. That we might truly grasp, Father, that that your thoughts are higher than our thoughts, that we might understand and accept, Father, that your ways are perfect and we simply don't understand them all. We're trusting you for this, God. We're as honest as we know how to be in this prayer. We need you. Speak to us, we pray. Strengthen us now for this purpose alone, for we ask it as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As I was studying in in Second Corinthians five, still I've um, I, I wanted I, I I don't know how you study, but often my my eyes will drift a verse or two, and and uh, and you'll see something in the verses that are coming that's uh, that's appealing, it's exciting, it's it's. Uh, doctrinal and uh, as I was studying just Monday I I was looking at this and as I was trying to get down to verse number 18 and 19 uh, there was something that captured my attention and the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me away from it and uh, there are subjects that uh, that are that are harder to address in the word of God than uh, than others and because they're they're clear, they're easier for us to grasp, even though they're great doctrinally. Uh, but I want to share with us some thoughts tonight concerning the sovereignty of God. Uh, this is to many a troubling topic. To many, they never get over it. They never get past it. Uh, I, I personally believe that there's many people will die lost without God because they never come to the true understanding of who God is. And that everything that he does is good. Amen. There's some people that will get hung up on this and they will die without God. Because they never get past the place of them trying to be God. And when we try to take what God is doing and press it into our little box. And to make it fit what we understand as finite humans, we have made a grave mistake. I'll assure you that our walk with God is by faith alone. There will be things in your life that will occur that you will not understand. And you will have to, you'll have to trust God in the end or you'll run afoul spiritually. You'll end up in the ditch and unable to get out until you simply trust God that he is good. And so I want tonight, as best I can, to use the text 
to help us with this truth. And I want to start with Romans chapter number 8, and then we'll go back to the first two verses that we read in 2 Corinthians. But as we look at this text tonight, I want you to focus your mind and, and your thoughts upon the words, all things, all things. And when we talk about all things, are we saying that, that this sovereign God, and when I say sovereign, I mean a God that is in control. You say, a God that is in control of good and bad. Let me be clear. My God doesn't do bad. Now, when we see what he does, we often think it bad. But God has never done anything bad. Right? Now, that, that's hard for us to, in our finite minds to grasp. But I'll tell you that by nature, God don't do bad. He cannot. He's never made a mistake. The God that we serve today has never one time slipped up. He's never had to say, I'm sorry. He's never had to look away and say, I wish I had not done that. God, by nature, hear me, is perfect. He is sovereign and is the creator of all things. Romans chapter number 8. The Bible said, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to the called who are the called according to his purpose. Now, I want to be clear tonight that the apostle was not writing to a bunch of lost folk. He was writing to those who are the called according to his purpose. He was writing specifically to those who have made a profession of faith, who have acknowledged to the world, who have been converted, saved, born again, to those who love God. What he's saying is, is to those that are God's own, I can tell you, I can promise you that all things, that happen in your life, God will work for good. Now, I'll have to say that I don't always understand God. There have been many times in my life that I have questioned God. And I believe it's all right to question him, right? Because whether you say it or not, he knows you thinking it, right? If you've got a question, he knows you've got it. If you're worried and you're concerned or you're wondering, he knows you're concerned and wondering. He knows when we wonder. He knows when we question. But I want you to know today that my God is in control. There ain't anything that's ever come to my house that he wasn't able, friend, to deter if he didn't want, if he wanted to. There ain't anything ever come to me that my God didn't filter or approve it coming to me. We could obviously tell the story of Job, but you know it. How the devil went to God, right? Had to ask permission to get into Job's life. May I say to you today, he'll ask that permission to get into mine. Because I ain't no different. I'm a child of God tonight. And I do believe there's a hedge about me. 
I believe that there's a protective filter in my life. I am not exposed to the things of this world. I am not at liberty for the devil to do what he wants to with. I am a child of God and my father is in control. He will never relinquish that control. He will never give up that control. He is the creator. And brother, when it comes to his own, I'm assuring you tonight that he is a sovereign God and that he is good. The Apostle Paul was writing to the church and he was saying to them, to them that love God who are thee called according to his purpose, he said, I can assure you that all things work together for good. Now we don't know, nor do we understand that fully. For there are things that come and when they, when they reach us, they don't feel good. They don't, they, the experience itself may be horrible. It may be devastating. It may, may be tragic of mind. It may, it may turn you upside down. <laughs> it may take your life from one point up here all the way to the bottom. But here's what I can assure you today, that my God is a sovereign God. He is all-powerful. He is in control. And he is good and right all the time. Now, I'm saying that today not necessarily from the most uh, most professional or experienced at the problem, but I've been there. I've been there. I've been there when I had questions. I've been there when, when we got the news that somebody had died and I asked God why. I've been there when you get the call and, and an eight-year-old's been taken from us. I've been there when you get the call and, and a newborn that was expected was never born or was born but wasn't alive. I've been there, you've been there. We've been there in places where we think, why, God, have you done this? But may I say to you today that all things work together for good. I'm not talking as one who has never been through something of a terrible nature or something that we didn't understand or that within our minds we might categorize as bad or tragic or horrible. May I say to you that my God in all things has never failed me. Never failed me. And though in those darkest of hours, in those times when it is the hardest, we question and we wonder why, God, have you done this? And I assure you, friend, there are times and there are circumstances that we may never get an answer down here. We may never understand fully what it is that we're experiencing or why we had to go through it. But I can tell you this, if God, friend, if you're a child of God today, all things work together for good and there's a day coming that he'll show you all. You'll get to see all. You'll get to understand all. You'll get to see the good that he worked. And until then, we're going to have to trust God. We're going to have to believe God. Oh, bless the song that, that says, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just in simple faith to plunge me neath his cleansing, healing flood." Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. What I want is to learn to trust him more. Let's look at the text. Verse 28, the Bible said, for all things. We know, right? I believe the apostle is establishing that in the hearts of every believer, 
at the bottom of your turmoil, at the bottom of your strife, at the bottom of your questioning and your wondering what you know. What you know will be what rescues you. The very truth of God, the nature of God, the power of God, the things that we know about God, what we'll understand, friend, is that our God never fails you and I. Though we may see the circumstances of life, they're hard. And though they may be something uh, simply that turns us upside down, I'll say to you again, God is still in control. The sovereignty of God. Let's look at it in verse number 29. When it comes to the sovereignty of God, verse 29 and 30, you simply have to understand, friend, if he's sovereign, then he is also these things. Verse number 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. Let me be clear. There ain't but one that can foreknow anything, and that's God. There ain't but one, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that foreknow anything. Right, Everything else is a created being and its understanding is finite. Its abilities are finite. Its, a, it, it, its knowledge is finite. I serve a God who is infinite. He is not bound by the thoughts of man. He is not bound by the parameters of man. His thoughts are above my thoughts. His ways are above my ways. I am not God. I am a human. And he is almighty and is sovereign. And because he is God, He has the ability to foreknow, right? Now, that's going to blow everybody's mind. If you think for one minute you understand that, you fooled yourself. You don't understand what it means to foreknow anything because you've never foreknown anything. You've never truly been able to see the future as well as you can the past. But the God that I serve today knows the future, the past, and the present as well as one. They're no different to him. God knows everything that will occur, everything that has occurred, everything that's occurring now. He is almighty. He is infinite, omniscient, omnipotent. He is eternal. And brother, he is sovereign. And because he is those things, he is able to foreknow and therefore has predestinated. Those who would be born of him, who would be born again. He knows. He knows only God knows what Jesus said. Only the Father knows when the last day is. But he knows. He knows. And I can assure you the only reason he ain't come yet is because he's still bringing people into his family. Verse number 29, let me read the whole thing. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Thank you, God. I don't know what else to say about that. Thank you, God. You say, how in the world did you get in that? I don't know, but I thank God for it. Amen. Amen. I ain't earned it. You ain't earned it. There ain't anything you did. But oh, bless his name that my name got written in his book. Somehow or another, in spite of all I would ever do or say that was wicked against God, He loved me before the foundation of the world. I know it's hard to understand, but I told you, this is one of them topics we're going to have to just wade into. The sovereignty of God, it ought to blow every one of our minds. He knew me before I was ever born. You say, can it be? Yes. I declare according to the word of God and the authority of his word that he knew all things. As a matter of fact, the Bible said while Christ hung on the cross, he could see his seed. 
He could see those that would believe. He'd know that there'd come a day that he'd call Lenny Mason out of a crowd to be born again. He knew it as he hung on the cross, and that's why he hung there. Only God can foreknow. Therefore, only God can predestinate. Only God is sovereign. But because he's sovereign, verse number 30, we can say, moreover, when he did predestinate them, he also called, and whom he called... Them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. And I say today that it's not about you. Amen. It is not about you. It is about this sovereign God who has worked according to his own will and has included you and I in the process. Some of you are wrestling with it. imminent, the ultimate question, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. The Apostle Paul gets to it in the next chapter. Right, so don't think the question you've got ain't never been asked because I'm going to read it to you tonight. I'm going to share it with you tonight. But let's look at verse number 31. What shall we say then to these things? All right, he started out as we know that all things work together for good. And you're saying, wait a minute. That particular thing, I didn't think it was good. And yet we find that the apostle dealt with that very issue Right of our filter, of, of our understanding of what it is that comes in our life. I heard your testimony early, right? The hardest thing you've ever been through. Uh, let me say something to you. It might not be the hardest you ever go through. There may be harder things coming. And though when you look back on that right now, the pain is still there, it's still fresh, the memory is still clear, and it feels like a bad thing. But may I say to the people of God, there ain't bad. There's just things we don't understand yet because God doesn't do anything that is bad. And according to the Apostle Paul, all things that come into my life are going to be worked for his good. It's tough stuff. But this is where we grow. This is where we grab hold of, of something that is more than milk is understanding that there are things that come our way that we didn't ask for and we don't control, and yet in faith we trust God to be in control. You say, preacher, surely you've never questioned God. <laughs> You're kidding me, right? There are things I don't understand. There are situations, right, that I've been in and I've had to be a part of. And I was thinking in my heart while I was trying to console or comfort another precious heart, I was thinking in my heart, God, why? What in the world could be good about this? And yet what I know is that my God is good. He does not change. And for the people of God today, when we grow in faith and we get to that place that we recognize as Abraham having received a message of God and said, take your only son up on the mountain and offer him unto me. He didn't have to ask Abraham twice. Abraham did just exactly what God said to do. You say, how can a man do that? Because he believed God. And he knew that the character of God was good. The character of God was right. That God was perfect and he didn't make mistakes. And if God had told him to do something, then by the power that he had given him to do it, that God would do whatever needed to be done to work it for the good. 
Now, that's hard for you and I. So I can tell you right now what the flesh is bent on, whining, complaining, going on, and all this other stuff. You don't have to learn how to do that stuff. You was born that way. You don't have to teach a baby to cry. Right? They come out crying. They come out needy. They come out selfish. You've got to teach them all that. Listen, I believe ever since I was born again, God's been trying to teach me a better way. Oh, he's been trying to show me a better way. And I tell you, sometimes it's hard, right? When you feel like the devil's hit you right in the gut and you realize it wasn't gut, the devil, it was God. Because the devil ain't got no place in my life. He ain't got no authority in my life. He ain't got no reign in my life. He ain't got no opportunity in my life. I live within the hedge of an almighty God who is sovereign. I am in his hand and there ain't nobody can pluck me out of his hand. I am protected by God, preserved by God, and delivered by God. The only time, friend, that something comes into my life is when it has come through God. Now, everybody's nodding your head and say, yeah, amen to that, right? But when, when it knocks on your door, that's when God will test you. That's when you'll find out whether you really believed what you thought you believed. Right? I've been there. <laughs> I've been in there. Picked up poor old Josh at work, drove him to the hospital while he wept in the passenger seat. And I questioned God the whole way. As I led both of them out there to bury their, their baby. And you'll start wondering then. Let me say this, I'm proud of them. Because <laughs> they chose to trust God when they didn't understand. And God will work that for good, already has. But he's going to work that for good ultimately and they'll understand one. See, there are things in our life that if all we do is measure it by what we think good or bad, we will never understand that there's a purpose and a calling and something that is greater than you and I. Listen to me. There are things that are hard, but I'm assuring you today that if you're a child of God and you are called, you have been born again, friend, there is nothing that comes your way that God won't work for good. Now, there, Truth is, right? Every one of us trying to hurry up, right? We're trying to get God to move along with this. We can understand. I've been praying and praying, and you ain't fixed this yet. But may I say to you today that there are simply things we don't understand about sovereign God. We may not understand until we get to heaven. But here's what he said. He said, in all these things, he said, what shall we say then to these things? What things? Well, he's fixing to tell you. But he, but he asked the question, if God be for us, who can be against us? Right? And that's supposed to be an encouragement to us. To remind us, you see, that regardless of what happens, regardless of what we think is against us, if, if, if God is for me, I'm going to be all right. Right? I'm going to be all right. Doesn't mean I don't have to fight a battle. Don't mean I have to face a giant or sleep with lions. Be thrown in a fire. Whatever the circumstance is, it doesn't mean I ain't going to have to be tested. But what it does mean is that as long as I'm in the hand of God, I'm all right. It's going to be all right. What shall we say then to these things? 
To what things? Verse number 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us what? All things. power that God has in the life of the believer is that we have believed in his son and when we believe in his son we are born again and made a partaker of his divine nature now when the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ is brought to you and I we are brought into the family of God and being a part of the family of God what I can assure you is is that the sovereignty of God overshadows your life you're within the umbrella of his protection and there is nothing that comes to your house that your God is not in control of. Verse number 34, 33, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifies. Who's he that condemneth? It's Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Here's these things, right? He said, what shall we say to these things? Who shall separate us from these things? The tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. What about these things, right? Every one of those things, if you had to categorize them, right? If I gave you those six different things in your hand, said, all right, I got a good hand and a bad hand, put them in it. Put them in one of them, right? You'd put them all in the bag. Right, because when you look at them, ain't none of them look appealing to the flesh. There's none of them that that we want to go through. There's nothing about that that we want to experience. And yet what the Apostle Paul said is, yet all of these things may come to me. And yet what I'm declaring to you is that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God who are the called according to his purpose. Now that's the sovereignty of God at work, Amen. All these things. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are led as, counted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse number 37, look what he said. He said, nay, in all these things, all these things, he said, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Do you believe that? Right? Some of us are just going to have to say we believe it in concept. We believe it because it says it. But at some point, you're going to believe it because it's true. At some point in your life, spiritually, unless you die young, you're going to find yourself in a position when you look back and you're going to say, I believe that I am more than a conqueror through him that loves me. I believe that there's nothing that will come to me that God's not in control of. I believe that everything that will ever happen to me has been filtered through the hand of a perfect and right God that all things will work together for good because I'm his. It's one thing to know something in theory. It's one thing to understand something by concept, but it's totally different when you can say it by experience, right? There's, There's some in this room, there's many in this room that can look you in the eye and say, I know exactly what he's talking about. Distress, been there. Tribulation, peril, nakedness, sword. Maybe some of them we've ain't experienced, but we've experienced some of them. And he said, no, 
Right? Hear him now. The apostle Paul said, no, sir. Not one of those things will separate me from the love of Christ. No. He said, because we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are thee called according to his purpose. What's he saying? He's saying God's in control. That's what he's trying to say. What he's trying to get you to understand is that God ain't you. And and God ain't the preacher. And God ain't your mama or your daddy or or the guru on, on Facebook. God ain't any of those. He's way above that. Bless your heart, he's in control. And I'll tell you, I've learned. I, I, I remember when I was first pastoring, young man, they lost a, a baby and, and we'd gone, we dug the grave over there at Meadow Branch. Went, went up in there and dug a grave and, and, and I was helping them and I kept asking, I said, God, what do I say? I, I hadn't been a pastor in but a year. I said, Lord, what do I even tell them? And the truth is, is I didn't know, I never did figure out what to say. I just knew what not to say. You say, what is that? I'm not going to tell you. But I'm going I'm to tell you this. In all these things, I've been made more than a conqueror. There's enough, there's enough water behind me to look back on and to say not one time did God ever fail. Now, there were some times I was wondering where he's at. Amen? Let's be honest about it. There were times I was wondering, God, what in the world are you doing now? But as I look back, I can assure you that there wasn't one thing that I thought was good or bad, right? Regardless of how I categorized the thing, I can tell you as I look back now that it was a good God and he was doing a good thing and he's always good. He's always right. Now you say, preacher, you you just using that as a crutch as a way to as a way to as a way to convince people that that they just need to pull themselves up and make it right in their own eye. Let me tell you something. The truth of God's word will set you free. I'm telling you right now, there are things in this world that'll take you out if you don't trust God. If you don't simply trust and say, I don't understand this, Lord, but I believe you. And I'm trusting you to do what you do, which is right, it is good, it is perfect, it is sovereign, and there is none like him. And you won't lose me, you won't fail me, you won't leave me. You will not step away from my life. Aren't you glad of that? Oh, I'm glad for a sovereign God. I'm glad for a God, friend, that's not, he's not on vacation or not asleep or not bewildered or confused or disappointed or, or not up to the task. I serve a God that can do all things. Nay, in all these things, the Apostle Paul said, verse number 37, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. All right, so now I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to deal with a hard question and then we're going to go back to 2 Corinthians 5. Look over in chapter number 9. Chapter number 9. I'm going to start at verse number 16. Follow me now. This is, this is important truth. If you've got a highlighter, if you've got a pencil, this is the places you want to mark in your Bible and go back to them. 
Here's what he said, verse number 16. He said, so then it is not of him that willeth. It's not of him that runneth. It's of God that shows mercy. You want to know how a person gets saved? It ain't by their own will. It ain't by their own works. It's God that shows mercy on a soul. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up that I might show my power in thee and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore, hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy and whom he will he harden. Anybody struggling yet? Whom he will he harden. What are you saying? I'm saying my God is in control. I don't care who you are. It's going to be hard for you to hear, but listen to me. And who he has mercy on, he will. And who he don't, he will not. And you say, I don't understand that. How could God be fair? How could that be fair? He hardened Pharaoh's heart. Pharaoh didn't have a chance. How in the world could Pharaoh ever turn to God because God hardened his heart? And we're wading into some troubling waters, ain't we? Hear me, you better get this because there's things coming into your life. If the devil finds one place in your heart where you don't trust God, that's the place he'll expose. Apostle answered. That very next verse, Apostle Paul said, here's what you're going to ask me. Here's what you're going to ask me. You're going to say, well, how could God be fair? If it's all according to this God that is in control, let me read it to you. Verse number 19, then wilt thou say unto me, why doth he yet find fault? Why is God going to send somebody to hell when he's the very one that didn't show mercy on them? Don't run away yet. Hang on. The answer's in the book. Then wilt thou say to me, why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Right? Who can, who can do anything about this, this all-sovereign God? And the apostle Paul responds, verse number 20, and he said, no. Right? You're looking at it all wrong. You're looking at it all wrong. He said, but, oh, man, who are you that replies against God? At what point did you ever get the authority or the right to stand in front of the Creator, the Almighty, and question what He does? Shall the thing formed say to Him that formed it, Why hast thou made me this way? No. Hath not the potter power over the clay, over the same lump, to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? Right, you got to answer the question. Does the potter not have power to do whatever he wants to do? He does. The question is why does he send? Why the question is not why does he send lost people to hell? The question is why does he save anybody? Yeah. 
The question is, why would he give a rip about Steve Lane? Why indeed? Why in the world would he love me? See, we, there's some things we ain't going to figure out. But I can tell you right now, I've been born again, and it wasn't because of me. The sovereignty of God is a deep subject. But I can tell you right now, the question is not why has God done anything. The question is why has God even offered to save you? Why does God show mercy on anyone? Because according to the scripture, we're all wicked. And every imagination of every heart is against God and away from God. All we like sheep have gone astray. No man seeketh after God. That's what he said. Why has God saved anybody? The potter can do whatever the potter wants to do with the pot. Why he saved me? The the brother said it just because he loved me. The Bible said that God loved the world. The Bible said it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And yet what we know is that all won't come to repentance. What he's already told us is the majority of the world will not receive Christ. They will reject Christ and they'll die in their sin and go to hell. Turn with us then to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll close with this. Two verses. Two and a part, really. The first one, verse number 17, that's one of them to lock in your memory, right? You hear it all the time. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Wherefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Let's talk about the things. What he said in verse number 17 was he said the old things, passed away and he said behold look pay attention now he said behold all things are new all things are new the old things are passed away and behold all things have become new I want to suggest to you today that everything that God does for you and I is good I want you to know today that regardless of how we filter it, regardless of how the human mind receives it, because I can assure you there's some of the stuff that we go through that God didn't intend to be comfortable for us, right? The purpose of it from the beginning wasn't to make us weaker. It was to make us stronger. The struggle, the, the, the grief, the, the, the very thing that brought us to our knees seeking God from the very beginning was meant to bring you closer to God. It was, meant to, it was meant to prove his power to you. You don't think there's bad things happening? The Apostle Paul said three times he prayed to God, please remove this thorn from my flesh. And you know what God told him every time? No. No. You know what? Paul had to get to the point that he said, Whatever this is, is good for me. I don't understand it, and I wish I didn't have to go through it because my flesh don't like it. But I can tell you this. He said, whatever it is, I know that all things work together for good to them that love him. And therefore, he said, well, i rather glory in my infirmities if that's what it means to make, to lift up Christ, so be it. 
So we, yeah, bad stuff happens. Wherefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things have passed away. And now there is a new set of things that become present in my life. Listen, if you're here and you're lost, all bets are off. I, I don't really have any, I don't have any advice to you except you need to get saved just as fast as the Holy Spirit will give you opportunity. But if you've been born again, all things have become new. Them old things, they're gone. The one that was bringing them old things, the devil, he don't have no rule in my life. If you walk in the spirit, friend, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's that simple. The sovereignty of God is at work in all of the children of God and it will never not be at work. Wherefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things, they're gone. Behold, all things have become new. Everything as a believer, you can absolutely be certain that the sovereign, good, and perfect, right God, whether it's It's experienced as joy or grief. Whatever thing is coming into your life, if you're a believer, will work for good. Verse number 18. I only read you part of it. And all things, what do you say? Are of God. Hard? Yep. We blame a lot of stuff on the devil he didn't have nothing to do with. Because I can tell you, if anything the devil does in my life, he had to have permission to do it. So there's nothing the enemy can do. If I don't, as long as I'm trusting God, the, the enemy don't have any control over my life. Because my God is sovereign, and he is right, and he is good. Now, you say, preacher, I'm going through a terrible time. It's the worst I've ever been through, right? We hear those testimonies, and I, I know they're real. But what I'm telling you tonight is that, that the nature of God is good. It is perfect, and he is right. And that he has never left one of his own, ever. He's never lost one of his own. He's never forsaken one of his own. He has never not helped one of his own, right? The list goes on and on. When we think about the nature and the characteristics of God, what we know about God is that he's good. And even what it is that I'm experiencing in my life, I I have to stop at some point and say, God, I don't understand this, but I trust you. I just trust you because I know you're good. And I also know that you will work this out. You won't let me go. I want to leave this simple truth for the believers that are here tonight. I want to leave you this simple truth from verse number 18. And this, this is what just drove into my heart the very moment my eyes was rested upon. And all things are of God. Listen to me, believer. He, either, he's, either he's God or he's not God. He can't be something in the middle. Either he is omnipotent 
all-powerful, omniscient, and sovereign, or he is a lie. I don't know who you're believing in today, but I can assure you as a believer, you ain't going down. You're going up. Whatever's got you now, it's just going to make you stronger one way or the other. You're going to come out on the other end, and you will still know that he is good. And you're going to see his goodness all through your suffering, all through your pain, all through the heartache. You're going to see that he was good, he was good, he was good. And ultimately, you will know he was good to me, and it was good for me. All of these things... Hard as they hard as they may be. Listen, either he's sovereign and in control, friend, or he's just not God and you're just lost. Let's be honest, Alfred. If he ain't God, you still headed for hell. Because there ain't but one that could get you out of there. And if he ain't God, we're all lost. But if he is God, that means he's in control. And he's good. He's right, and he's perfect. And these are things that we know. We know this. So when the enemy's tempting, right, going into the ear and the eye and trying to tell you, oh, you can't trust God. Look what's happened to you. Your God don't care for you. He's not helping you. All of these things are just the lies of the enemy. Everybody that's ever been through anything hard can look back on the experience and say he was with me all the way. As a matter of fact, most of us would say he was carrying me when I couldn't even walk myself. Come and get a song. Verse number 18 said, and all things are of God. That's profound. To the believer today, it ought to be liberating to recognize that everything that comes into my life has got a good God behind it. Good God behind it. And though it brings tears to me, it will also produce good. And it will strengthen me. And it will grow me closer to Him. And like the tree planted by the water, I'll not be moved. Because my God's intent is not to take me down, it's to take me up. And he keeps refining me in the fire of the trials. And he keeps making me what I am supposed to be. And he's a good God. There are people, I've done said it, There are people that will die and go to hell because they never come to the realization that God don't hate them. He loves them. And some of the hardest things that people have ever went through are the things that he used to bring them to him. Is that not a good God at work? Is it, not worth, is it not worth any cost to get to Jesus? To be saved for eternity? To be rescued from the flames of hell 
Yet there are people that curse him today. They have not come to the realization that God can only be good. And even though those things that come in our life, we categorize them as bad, good, tragedy, hurt, pain, whatever it is, they're just good from God. And all things are of God. I don't know about you. I'm going to hurt you. But I, but I needed this reminder. I don't know what the future holds. But I can absolutely, unequivocally say to you today, it just don't matter. I'm right there. You can't get me out of there. He's got me. Paul, if I have to crawl every inch of the way from here till then, he's good. Somehow or another, he wrote my name. And I get to go. I don't deserve it. I don't, I'm not worthy of it. Haven't earned it not one day of my life. I get to go. And he has been so good to me. Even through what I thought was hard, was tough, was hurtful, God was good. What he meant in me through all of that was for my good and his glory. God will work all things for good. That's a sovereign God. Now, either you believe he's got all power or, or he simply don't have any at all, right? Because if he ain't God, we're all in trouble. And I believe him today. And I don't know what tomorrow may bring, right? I may be upside down on my head tomorrow. But it doesn't change the fact that God is all-powerful. And I'm in his hand. And all things will work together for good, ultimately. And one of these days, I get to, I get to see him. God is good. Stand as we sing. If you're here tonight and you've got a need of God, pray. Right? Don't leave. Yield your heart today to the Spirit of God that's drawing you. And take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Trust him. Let him be God to you. And let me say, James said it like this. He said, every good and perfect gift. You know where they come from? Father above. Within, within whom there is no shadow of turning, nor variableness. Every good gift and every perfect gift, they come from God. They come from God. I'm so glad that God's in control. It's God in control. It's God in control. Thank God he's sovereign. If you've got a need of him, come to him tonight. Altar's open.